Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. I want to touch on a little bit of the elephant in my room of credit cards and that rabbit hole that people can get into. Kind of twofold of what are your thoughts on credit cards? And two, if you're in credit card debt, what are some like first steps to get out of that debt? Like everything with finances, uh, figuring out what personally is your best opportunity to tackle credit card debt or any real debt that you have is the first place to start. But yeah, I think that, well, let's kind of set the stage as to what's happening now too. Um, I'm very concerned, I guess, from not only the level of credit card debt, but the functioning of how that credit card debt is being done with a lot of banks. Um, We're seeing a lot of credit cards that have very high interest rates, you know, 15, 20%, even, you know, more from major banks. And so that's just a a tax on that particular balance that you're holding within the credit card. And so for a person that has uh, a a substantial amount of credit card debt that they feel like, you know, with my amount that I'm trying to pay off on a monthly basis, it's going to take me a long period of time to pay off this credit card. Then we want to start looking at strategies uh, that can really help us narrow down the level of interest that we're paying. And that's the big emphasis that I want to kind of inform um, a lot of your audiences is that you have to pay attention to what are the finance charges that I'm assuming this level of debt. And first of all, is there a way to get this a lot lower? So if I have Let's just take a round figure. If I have $10,000 in credit card debt, but I'm getting charged 20%, that's you know $2,000 that I'm being charged every single year for having that credit card. Now, a certain few options may be to try to transfer that debt to another part of debt. You could look at, let's say you have your retirement plan at work. A lot of times a 401k, you you can actually take a loan from your 401k at a much lower interest rate to take out that loan uh, than what you're paying in credit card debt. Plus, when you're paying back that loan, you're actually paying back yourself. You're paying all that interest back into your retirement account. So that's one option for people that actually have started building their retirement accounts and may have an opportunity to pay off credit card debt by assuming a loan, but it's a loan from you, not from Chase or, or Capital One, you're actually paying yourself the interest to uh, fund yourself. When some of those funding opportunities aren't available, then we may just look at different options. If we feel like this is a, a debt that we can't figure out a realistic strategy just to pay it off uh, in a reasonable time, maybe consolidating that debt into a lower interest rate. And that's what I emphasize. There's a lot of consolidation services, but not all of them are going to lower the interest that you're paying. 
You don't want to just transfer that debt to somebody else. You want to get the lower interest rate. So if we have $10,000, we're paying 20%. We want to have $10,000 and we want to pay 5 to 7% in interest. That's going to just relieve us from a decent amount of the kind of financial tax that we're paying on for that particular debt. Does that start to kind of answer the question? We can kind of go different directions in terms of credit card debt, but I always, I, I try to emphasize with all the clients that I work with that, you know, in order to really enjoy our building of wealth and saving for the investment future, we shouldn't have any major debt that is not good debt. Um, and when I say good debt, meaning debt that is tied to an asset like a house that is going to maybe give us some appreciation or at least providing some function of living serviceability for us. That would also include like your car payment. You know, you, if you need a car to go to work, if you need a car to function in your life, or obtaining debt to do that is a good way to uh, have debt versus just having debt because hey, I wanted to go on this vacation and I didn't have a way to pay for it. So I put it on a credit card and I'm still figuring out my way to pay for it. That's the debt that stays around and doesn't have a real functionality past the point that you've actually spent that money. Definitely. And I think that that's, you know, a good baseline for people of just that interest rate is huge. A lot of people don't look at that 26.67% APR and, uh, you know, or they see it and they don't really think about it or they get that 0% interest for the first six months and then they forget to pay it off or it just continues to build and they don't realize that that six months is up and now they're at that high, high interest rate. So I think that that is just a, a really good baseline for starting to understand credit card debt and understand you know, how to potentially start to get rid of it. We are getting close on time. So I just want to ask, is there anything that you want to reiterate or that we haven't touched on that you think is really important for the audience to know? Yeah, the emphasis that I have and really more talking points that I'm building when I work with people is just the impact that your emotions have on your finances. You know, this is something that's always been apparent to me, you know, as I work with family members and, you know, for some, that was the biggest hurdle. It was, I don't want to let you into my world of good and bad emotions related to my money. And what I really do, I think a very good job of doing is just kind of setting the foundation of, you know, the opportunity for us to work together is not necessarily just to tackle the, uh, the financial experiences that you have in your life. It's really to help you through best practices and things that I've learned from, you know, I'd say people that have successfully journeyed through their life into more wealth. This is the mindset that you want to get to. And so a lot of times we live in a world where finances is just not a place that we want to go. We don't talk to our, our significant others about it. We don't talk to anybody else about it. And we don't necessarily learn the best practices that are pretty simple to implement because we're holding back on those conversations. So my world is really trying to get people to 
just explore some of these best practices. They won't fit and they won't work for everybody, but I've learned enough from people who have really either built tremendous wealth in their life or had great opportunities, like you said, with your father around investments. And just showing that path makes sense. And it's simple things. I remember when I had my, uh, my daughter was born, there was one person, I think I met her through a seminar or something, and she said, you know, the biggest thing I ever did was I had an inheritance of like $5,000 when my son was born, and I just put that money into an investment account, and it paid for college. And at the same time, my grandmother just passed away, and she left me some money. And I put that money into uh, an investment account for my daughter just for college. And it's made a tremendous, you know, she's eight years old, but I can see that I'm you know, about a quarter of the way there. And so it's made a tremendous difference in the way that I think about planting those seeds. And that's what I, I try to instill pe- people to. It's just learn from best practices of what other people have done. And you'll be able to uh, kind of move your emotions into a good state around talking and dealing with your finances. I think that's really important. And, I, and you know, like we've, we've touched on it several times of, they're very personal. So there's a, there is a lot of emotions attached to it. And I think that, you know, that's a, a huge thing that keeps people from dealing with their finances because it's stressful. It's emotional. They don't want to deal with it. So I think that's definitely a really good point. There are a few questions that we ask every person that comes on the show. So what are your goals for the next 12 months? Yeah, for 12 months and probably for the next month and three months, uh, you know, there's, there's just two things. As I mentioned before, I started my investment firm and really my sense of reason to start an investment firm versus going to work with a larger firm was that I've kind of, I've known what investment companies have done over time. And I wanted to establish something that really helped me relate to the communities that I wanted to be a part of, to help people that you know, I've grown up like I grew up with just a you know, kind of a simple mindset of how do I build my career and then build a family and, and try to have success around that. Uh, and I wanted to offer a way to connect with those individuals and a way to work with them without some other firm saying, well, you got to do this much with only these types of, of people with this type of money. And so I'm still building client by client and just, you know, reaching out through different means uh, to connect with people to find who needs my help and services. Um, So I'm constantly doing that. And then I think things have changed with this pandemic and virus. Um, So I'm trying to figure out the best ways to, you know, for me and my wife, it's we're journeying into school and we're probably going to at least from the start of school, start working from home um, with the kids being here at home. And how do you really provide for them? You know, their lives have been interrupted and they're young. So, you know, the next 12 months, I figured that just trying to build my business and take care of the family are the two things that I'm going to put the most attention and priority into. I love it. And what would the new you say to the old you? Ah, that's, that's a great question. You know, you learn so much through your experiences. Yeah, I would really emphasize uh, probably to every member of your audience, the thing I've learned the most is just that you never know who's really going to support you. Um, I think you have to be open enough to tell your story uh, because I've, you know, found out, especially through starting my own business, that some of the people I thought would be my best support, you know, maybe some family, maybe closer friends, 
didn't offer that support. And it's been people that I barely know, people that I hadn't really come across for years or high school friends that have been my biggest supporters and have, you know, recommended me to other people in their lives. And that's tremendous. Um, So whether it's your career, whether it's a business or whether it's just, you know, accomplishing things in your personal life, uh, be open to tell your story and be open to, you know, to tell people what you need because you never know who's really going to champion you and really be able to put you in a situation that you never were even thinking of. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. What is a book, ebook, audiobook, podcast, quote, anything that you live by that's gotten you through a tough situation? The book that I rely upon and I try to tell my clients to, to read is just Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a classic. And there's multiple varieties that uh, the author has now created around that theme. But if you read that book, you'll journey into what I call more of the best practices of just how you have to think about your money to really have uh, the freedom to want to utilize it in the right way. And so that book tremendously has been a kind of a core of just what I talk to people about it. I think that uh, having the mindset of what money is there for and not sometimes having this gravitational pull that my money will get me certain things, but just looking at your money in a way that it's there to be utilized and your decisions to utilize it matter every day. So giving yourself enough decisions um, really makes life enjoyable. Definitely. I love that book. It is definitely one of our favorites here in this house. So good uh, recommendation for sure. And then finally, where can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about you? Sure. So I have a website, Sedna Wealth Management. Uh, Sedna is spelled S-E-D-N-A and then wealthmanagement.com. That's one place where I try to put some useful information, you know, videos, more up-to-date things. Um, and I'm filming, filming it with uh, certain assessments where you can help build wealth and track your spending and things like that, as well as becoming more active in social media. Uh, I'm still kind of a newbie in terms of really putting a lot of information out there, but you can contact me through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, mostly under the name Sedna Wealth with an underscore as a space. So Sedna, S-E-D-N-A underscore wealth. Uh, That's Twitter, Instagram. And then on Instagram as well, I'm Rick Drew, the advisor. Uh, with underscores there. So all those places, um, I'm starting to put more information just about just the foundations of personal finance and some tips here and there. Uh, you can also go to my website and subscribe to a newsletter that I'm producing as well. So check it out. And email uh, is just rdrew at sendingwealthmanagement.com. Uh, so R-D-R-E-W. Awesome. Rick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think you gave some awesome actual advice to all of our listeners, and I really hope that it helps people that are listening. Thank you, Heather. It's great to be a part of your podcast and uh, being uh, in front of your audience. And, you know, definitely um, great to hear the work that you're doing. I know that from a personal side within our family, domestic violence can affect anybody. And so being able to really support people that are going through those experiences, um, I think is, is, is awesome. So thank you as well. 
Thank you so much. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O, thriving, A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.